Deciphered, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. In today's episode, we debate the foods we're excited to try and the foods we really want to avoid at Disney's 50th anniversary celebration. Find all episodes of this podcast at DisneyDeciphered.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere you find podcasts. And we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a positive review. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can check us out on Patreon.com slash DisneyDeciphered, where you can subscribe for bonus content. Or if you need help planning your Disney vacation, you can also support the podcast by using me as your travel agent at no cost to you. Get started by emailing josephchung at travelmation.net. Connect with us anytime, DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, at www.deciphered on Twitter, or find us on our Facebook page, DisneyDeciphered. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As the Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes. And welcome back to Disney Deciphered. So the Disney World 50th anniversary celebration is in full swing. Happy birthday, Disney World. And Leslie and I are beginning to think about when we might get there sometime over the next 18 months. Now, one thing that Disney released with the 50th is a list of 150 new, actually 150 plus new food items. And Leslie and I are not much of foodies. You know, we kind of just eat whatever it takes to survive or to clog our arteries or maybe, I guess, I guess those are counter to each other. But, you know, when you're at a theme park, we just kind of eat whatever. But we thought it would be fun to talk a little bit about what stood out to us, what we want to try. Full disclosure, we have not tried any of these yet, so we're just looking at pictures. But what we're interested in trying and what we think is a little bit maybe not something that we would like to uh, try ourselves. Before we get started, we want to give a quick shout out and thank you to a couple new patrons, Kirby L and Megan F. Thank you so much for supporting. If you'd like to support us and receive bonus content, you can check us out on patreon.com slash Disney Deciphered. So Leslie, we both said we kind of aren't foodies. I mean, I don't know, maybe I don't want to have bespoke for you. When you're at a theme park, what are you thinking about in terms of eating normally? Well, I mean, I usually do make some special dining reservations. Like for me, what makes Disney World dining is like a special atmosphere, even more necessarily than the food itself. I mean, you and I both live in cities where we get great food (laughs) whenever we want. So, I mean, it's not that I don't appreciate good food, but it's just not the absolute focus of my Disney World vacation. And some of the foods, like I also am Southern, so some of the foods that I like are very plain and meat and potatoes and just sort of a result of that heritage of mine. I'm I'm a little bit picky, so I'm not like trying out the super weird stuff. But, you know, Disney World kind of like caters to, you know, middle America. So not too much of it is super, super weird um, and experimental. I mean, one thing I do love about all of the Disney celebrations and special events and seasonal things is, is they do come out with new things to try and occasionally new things to Instagram. I will I will cave to that <laughs> on occasion as well. Yeah, I mean, Disney Dish has been saying for months now that Disney World, actually Disney in general, maybe not so concerned with the taste of the food as they are with how well it looks on social media. And you bring up a good point as well. I think for both of us, uh, especially for our table service dining, a lot of it is about the ambiance. Characters will be coming back soon. In fact, someone just texted me 10 seconds ago saying, it sounds like characters will be back soon at Cinderella's Royal Table. By the time you hear this, you'll know whether that is truth or rumor. But let's get to talking about the things that we are looking to try. So we each picked three foods that we're interested in eating and two foods that um belong in a science lab somewhere so leslie why don't you start us off what is the first food that you're excited to try at the 50th anniversary 
All right. So I'm so excited to try this one that I messaged you immediately and said, you cannot have this one. This is mine. I'm claiming it for this episode. And that is the Veranda Fried Rice at Skipper Canteen. Everybody knows if you listen to this podcast, how much I adore Skipper Canteen. It's actually the location of what used to be the Veranda Restaurant, which dates all the way back to 1971. And this is the fried rice, or at least inspired by the fried rice of Veranda of old. It has a chili garlic shrimp on top, served over pork fried rice with egg and peas. I love it for a couple of reasons. I love it because it's Skipper Canteen. I love it because it is a nod to Disney history. I mean, that's something that the 50th is doing, but maybe not as much as like the Super Disney history fans are wanting is, is you know, calling on that nostalgia bringing back the best of the past, blending it with the best of the new. So I I love this idea. It's a nod to the old location. Totally fits with the theming and the menu of Skipper Canteen and Avengerland. And I love fried rice. So super excited to try this. I thought you said Avengerland for a second there. And I was like, wait, that's that's on uh, that's that's on the West Coast. And that's not what it's called. But Avengers Campus. Yeah, I (laughs) know. Yeah. Adventureland is what she said. You know, it's the Southern in her. She dropped the D. I know. My first is another thing that is kind of a throwback to history. And so my first choice is a filet mignon with Walt's hash topped with an egg. And it says in parentheses, just the way Walt liked it. I did not know the man personally, but I'm going to take Disney Parks blog word for it. And this is at the Hollywood Brown Derby in Hollywood Studios, which is a restaurant that we both really like. We've eaten there together before. It's got a really nice ambiance. It's a little bit pricey, but the food quality is good and the drinks are good as well. So this steak looks good. I mean, it's a lot. It's a filet mignon. It's got hash on top of it and an egg. Um, So it, it feels like a little bit of a steak and eggs type situation. But this looks good to me and looks like something that I would love to try uh, next time I'm at Brown Derby. Yeah, it definitely fits in with the location there and love the nod to history. It was on my uh, short list as well, but not quite enough to make my top five. Yeah. And I, how do we know this is what Walt actually ate? We, we just have to trust <laughs> Disney here because the, the, the Imagineers wouldn't lie to us. The Disney wouldn't lie to us, right? <laughs> I mean, theme parks, the whole entire thing is an illusion. But yes, like I said, we're taking Disney's word for it. You know, these pictures are nice. It's a nice presentation. I would say that this is one of the things that is probably not Instagrammable. So that makes me think there's a better chance that it will taste better. But uh, we will see. So what's your uh, next item that you're interested in uh, trying out? All right. I went with super classic, super simple. I want to try the hand-dipped 50th Celebration Mickey Premium Bar. This is the chocolate Mickey ice cream bar, but it's dipped in blue raspberry flavored coating with some sprinkles and, Disney says, and a little bit of pixie dust, whatever that means. Just your your classic ice cream bar, but with the, the blue iridescent colors for the 50th and a little bit of extra raspberry kick. This is the kind of food that I often am eating in Walt Disney World. I'm grabbing a snack on the go just when I'm passing something. This is in, I should mention, this is at Drinkwalla in Animal Kingdom. So this is for those Animal Kingdom days. But yeah, I just love that they took something very basic and just added a little bit of extra Disney magic to it. I mean, I will say I'm a little bit weirded out by all the blue of the 50th. I'm not as weirded out by it on this ice cream bar, like sort of as a coating to something frozen, but like heaps and heaps of like blue icing on dessert can just get really gross and have some weird, weird aftertaste and weird after effects. So I don't love that, but, but I love that with this. I mean, this seems like a small touch and definitely going to be trying one of those. 
You know, that's funny. This was on my long list for stuff that I wasn't interested in. I cut it pretty quickly because I think it's just a matter of taste for me. I'm not a huge Blueberry fan, but part of me was like, the Mickey bar, part of its beauty is in its simplicity. And I was thinking to myself, why complicate it? That being said, it's not like these are replacing all the Mickey bars. And I'm actually surprised they're not serving them. Or maybe they will end up serving them in a few more places just because it's so simple to have these. But I don't know. I don't like messing with a good thing, but I'm glad you're interested in this one. All right, Joe. Well, tell us what you have up for your number two selection. All right. So my number two selection... I got to say there's a really high chance that the in the, in the execution it will be a fail but in terms of the description it's something I'd be really interested in it is spam cheddar biscuits with white gravy that are drizzled with honey at Olivia's Cafe in Disney's Old Key West Resort I'm a big spam lover I don't know you go to Hawaii a lot Leslie, so I'm sure you have your share of spam when you're out there can't avoid spam in Hawaii but I love cheddar biscuits in my mind I am imagining a red lobster biscuit with a little bit of spam in it and then gravy and honey. This this sounds like it would be a dish in and of itself, unlike those red lobster cheddar biscuits, but we will see. It's hard to top those biscuits, but theoretically, I love this concept. We'll see how they pull it off because biscuits, you would know better than me actually on this one, Leslie, being from the South, but I think it's pretty easy to mess biscuits up. It definitely is. You can make them hard as a rock or whatever, but but I'm giving major points for creativity on this one. I mean, this is definitely a little bit more out in left field and it could be a hit. It could be a fail, but I, I'm with you. I'm, I want to try this one too. I love a good biscuit. Yeah. And I think that would give both of us an excuse to go visit Old Key West Resort. I think it's one of those resorts that especially those who own DVC there, they really love it. You know, we've talked a lot of times about how you can go visit resorts on off days at Disney World to stretch out your vacation. And I think Old Key West is one that doesn't get as much as love as maybe it deserves, but uh, we'll have to check it out and see for ourselves. So what is the third food that you are interested in trying out of these foods, 150 plus foods that Disney World is introducing? All right, this caught my eye, and this kind of falls into the category of could be glorious or could be epic disaster, but but I'm putting it on my on my must-try list because of the creativity. So I want to try the Chicken Dinner Cupcake Trio, and that is at P&J Southern Takeout at Disney's Fort Wilderness Resort. This is what it sounds like, I guess. <laughs> it is three cupcakes, but each cupcake looks like an element of a chicken dinner, but Hold on. It's not actually chicken. (laughs) It's not actually those flavors. One of the cupcakes is an apple fritter with apple pie filling and vanilla buttercream. And it has something that looks like the fritter looks like a chicken leg on top of the cupcake. The other one, the second cupcake is peas and carrots with strawberry moonshine custard. And the peas and carrots are actually starbursts and green M&Ms on top. And then the third cupcake is a mock mashed potato and they're doing that with snickers mousse caramel buttercream and then there's a pat of butter that's actually a starburst on top of that cupcake i mean this is like food art this is definitely on the instagrammable list of things and i mean the flavors sound really cool i'm not sure about the starburst but i definitely want to give this a try this this is this is pretty epic this is a chef spending a lot of time trying to figure out the pieces to to make this look like a chicken dinner This is a high degree of difficulty in the execution, I think. 
You know, the concept is just funny. Chicken dinner on a cupcake. If you don't read it closely, you're not sure. And here's where we apologize. This is not a video podcast. It would have been much easier to just show the pictures than, uh, you know, have you describe it. But Leslie, I think you did a good job of describing the concept that they're going for here. All right, Joe. Well, give us your third must try before we move on to the things that horrify us. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So there are a lot of really nice looking desserts at the Disney World 50th anniversary celebration. The one that stood out to me the most and that I really want to try is at Anti-Gravity's Galactic Goodies. That is in Tomorrowland, kind of closer towards Tomorrowland Speedway. It is called the Uncle Orville Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow Sunday. So extra points for the Carousel of Progress shout out. But this is a chocolate and vanilla soft serve, brownie pieces, hot fudge, whipped cream, topped with red, white, and blue sprinkles. And it's served in a bathtub, which it's just a plastic tin. To me, it's like, as a kid, I loved eating the baseball helmet Sundays at uh, the ballpark when I used to go to games. I would still get it now if it was socially acceptable for me as a 40-year-old man to do that. This is kind of this to the next level. It's a Sunday in a nice little tub. It looks great. Definitely interested in that. There are a lot of desserts, frankly, that are kind of in this vein. This feels like Unless they somehow mess up the brownie, it's a can't miss. It's just simple American dessert fare all put together. What could go wrong? Nothing. Yeah, and I love that it's in, I mean, we have the kitchen sink, so we definitely need a bathtub when it comes to how we serve our ice cream at Walt Disney World. Yeah, that's taking it to the next level, the uh, supersized level. Exactly. All right, so let's get to the stuff that we're not so keen on or not so sure about. I did want to make a quick aside that Disney said there's 150 plus items, but I think they're counting like they have four different drinks that are coming in souvenir cups, which the souvenir cups look really nice, by the way. So I think they're counting that as four. They didn't actually count out the 150 things. So I'm just taking their word for it that there's actually 150 things on these menus that are new. But out of these 150 plus There's a couple that we find a little bit suspect. Leslie, why don't you kick us off? What are you thinking? This might not be the best idea. All right. I am definitely not going to be trying at Be Our Guest, the Squid's Revenge drink. Oh my gosh. I just cut that off my list. That was the third (laughs) one on my list. So, so it's, it's a michelada, which my husband loves micheladas. Um, that's like, I mean, first of all, that kind of grosses me out anyway, but he, he adores those, but this actually includes an octopus tentacle on top of the Bloody Mary-ish drink. And the reason that BRS is doing this, this is, of course, the location of 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. So they're doing throwback menu items that reference 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, which I, you know, totally appreciate the, the nod to history. But this is just too far. I don't want octopus tentacles in my drinks. So, yeah. You know, as I get to my first item, I'm just reminded of this quote from Ian Malcolm in Jurassic Park. Your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. Um, and I, wow. <laughs> I just, I just reread Jurassic Park, still an excellent book, by the way, and of course, an excellent movie. But yeah, so my first one that I think is just incredibly questionable is there is at Casey's Corner Clubhouse, they have a new hot dog and it's called the 50th Celebration Hot Dog and it's an all beef hot dog topped with strawberry bacon jam, crisp funnel cake pieces and powdered sugar. Like, I just don't know what's happening here. I understand that savory and sweet can go well together sometimes and maybe this one ends up being a real hit, but reading it off the page and looking at the picture, I'm just like, why are we putting all this stuff on a hot dog together? 
chili is one thing. This feels like it's just taking it to the next level, and I'm just not sure what the idea is here. Yeah, I think it's a bridge too far. I mean, is it an entree? Is it a dessert? I, I do like the sweet and salty together too, but this this just seems, it also seems hard to consume. I'm having trouble envisioning what it looks like to, to see whether this is something I can like walk around Magic Kingdom actually eating. Yeah, I mean, the picture, it's like really tall. It doesn't seem like something that one could fit in a normal size mouth as a bite and it's almost like you'd have to eat the funnel cake off the top and then just eat the rest of the hot dog if that's the case then let's just split it up and not have any cross-contamination in my mind yeah too much all right so what is your second bridge too far for uh the 50th anniversary food offerings so i looked at the menu for crystal palace and one of the menu items for the 50th is just canned peas (laughs) Why? Why? I mean, Look, I get Kristen. <laughs> there's still supply chain issues, okay? We're coming out of a pandemic, okay? Disney, I mean... Disney can't afford Disney can't afford fresh peas. They have to get canned <laughs> peas from like meal rations from like the 70s. Uh, yeah, this is this is taking the throwback too far. Uh, I did not like canned peas when I was a kid in the 80s. My mom made me eat them, you know. And and this is meant to be paired with. I guess there's a crispy pork chop and some country fried chicken on the buffet there as well. So peas do go with that. But yeah, why can't they be fresh? I mean, fresh peas did exist in 1971 as well. Uh, <laughs> I'm just, yeah, I'm a little bit horrified. And apparently this, this is just Walt's favorites taken taken too far. Look, what happened is, okay, during the pandemic, Disney World cast members had a lot of time in their hands. They were cleaning things up at Disney World, and they found a stash of canned peas from 1971, 50 years ago. And so you're eating vintage peas, Leslie. Cold War rations revived at Walt Disney World. (laughs) Exactly. They went into the air raid shelters for uh, potential nuclear holocaust, and they found these canned peas. So, All right. Well, I challenge you to top canned peas, because like, I can't believe that Disney went out of their way to highlight that as one of the 150 new food items. (laughs) Wow. All right. So my other food item that frank like admittedly this this one could be amazing but i i just feel like it is it's icarus you're flying too close to the sun yes a lot of metaphors in today's episode but at cosmic ray starlight cafe there's a mission to mars burger which is a burger topped with bacon sounds fine so far macaroni and cheese okay i mean you know we're adding a little bit it's Maybe a bit too much, but okay. And I can see it. And then to completely put things over the top, they dust the bun with crushed cheese-flavored puffs. Now, if anything says America and Walt Disney World, like a (laughs) mac and cheese burger with Cheeto dust on the top of the bun, I don't know what else does. But I just think this this truly is a mission to Mars. It is maybe one of the best-named items in the 50th anniversary. Yeah, I mean, I definitely want to try it just because it is so ambitious and so just like grossly American in every way, shape and form. And but yeah, I mean, the the Cheeto dust could be what does it in that that might be the bridge too far. But I would have taken the bacon and mac and cheeseburger for sure. It's just too much of a good thing. This is there seems to be too much cheese on this burger. And I know as an American who is not lactose intolerant, it's blasphemy for me to say it, but that's just like a lot of cheese all on one thing. That being said, I, I'd probably try it as well, which is what Disney is aiming for, right? They want us to buy these things, whether they end up tasting good or not. And maybe they'll surprise us. Exactly. Exactly. I I think one of these gross ones might end up being being a hit. So 
we'll stay tuned when we finally get to to go to the 50th ourselves. Definitely, definitely. And so, yeah, we would love to hear, you know, there are so many different foods out here. So we just love to hear, you know, what stands out to you? What do you think seems uh, probably like too much? I think there's a lot of options. Let us know, DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, at www.deciphered on Twitter, or find us on our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered. Before we get out of here, though, Leslie, why don't you give us a Disney do or don't? Do you have something food-oriented for us? I do. So before you go to the 50th, do your research, but you're going to have to do it in a couple of different places. Disney has not made it super easy to cobble together, like, the full list of 150 foods, and while we were preparing for this episode, I had to, I found I had to go to a couple of different places to see all the options. There's, there's the foodie guide on the Disney Parks blog and it has a sampling. But then on the My Disney Experience app, there is a list under the 50th anniversary link on My Disney Experience. It's usually like the first thing that you can click when you open the main page. Then you can go and drill down in each of the parks and each of the hotels, et cetera, et cetera, to see all the foods. I haven't been able to find a foodie guide that has every picture. That's one thing that's missing so far. So you have a lot of the pictures on the parks blog, but you have a lot of the descriptions on the app. So you don't really have both together, but I guess that's what the next 18 months are for and for our Instagrams to highlight all of them, I guess. Yeah, and one uh, request for advice I have a friend whose daughter, like last time they went on a trip, watched all these YouTube channels, food-based Disney YouTube channels to find out what snacks she wanted to eat. And my friend who is my age was very happy with the snacks that her daughter found. So if you have YouTube channel recommendations for us old fogies that are food related that could help us maybe navigate uh, which of the 150 food items we want to try, you know, let us know again at DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com or wherever. We'd love your recommendations, preferably a YouTube channel that keeps things short because I'll speak for myself. I'm old. I don't have time to watch these YouTube videos even at 1.5 speed. Nope, me neither. But yeah, let us know if you have YouTube food Disney channels that you recommend. All right. One last thing to close the loop. Mike K, you were right. Starting in November, indoor socially distanced character meet and greets are returning to Disney World. Breaking news, even though you're hearing this a week after the news came out. So thanks, Mike, for giving us a heads up during the episode. More on that later, of course. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Other than that, Leslie, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. And I will see you trying to figure out whether you should eat that Cheetos cheeseburger with your hands or with a knife and fork. Thanks, Joe.